This podcast contains audio extracted from the Harry Potter Theory Extra YouTube channel. Hey everyone, welcome to another installment of Harry Potter Theory. Today we'll be discussing the history of one of the most famous wizarding bars in the entire world, the Leaky Cauldron. Located at number one Diagon Alley within the wizarding world, and accidentally built into the development of Charing Cross Road within Muggle society, the Leaky Cauldron is notably the oldest pub in all of London. The bar and adjoining inn was built sometime in the early 1500s by a witch named Daisy Doddridge. Doddridge, who of course became the Leaky Cauldron's first landowner, had the bar constructed at the same time as many of the other shops that now run the length of the Wizarding Street Diagon Alley. It's said that since that time, not much has changed and that the Leaky Cauldron has always been somewhat of an unassuming place, simply meant to offer a comfortable and welcoming establishment to those interested in grabbing a pint or looking for a room to stay in. The Leaky Cauldron is made up of a ground floor as well as a small upper level. On the ground level, there is the bar, as well as a staircase that leads up to a few bedrooms for travelers looking to spend the night. There are also two main entryways into the bar, one from Charing Cross Road in the front and one out back from Diagon Alley. As an 11 year old, Harry's first impression of the interior of the Leaky Cauldron is that, for a famous place, it was very dark and shabby. However, a couple years later, when he's made to stay at the Leaky Cauldron's Inn before the start of the school year, he notes the following about the furniture and decor, which is arguably a much more favorable point of view. Harry followed Tom up a handsome wooden staircase to a door with a brass number 11 on it, which Tom unlocked and opened for him. Inside was a very comfortable looking bed, some highly polished oak furniture, a cheerfully crackling fire. While it's likely that Harry's general perception of the leaky cauldron evolved over the years with his growing understanding of the wizarding world and this particular establishment's place within magical society, his description also suggests that the leaky cauldron had clearly been cared for over the centuries by the various landowners that it had been passed down through. This is further supported by the fact that many witches and wizards claim that it has changed shockingly little since its construction in the 16th century. That said, even though the appearance of the place may not have changed much, it's important to note that its patrons certainly have. For well before Harry had ever stepped foot in the pub, the Leaky Cauldron used to be an establishment that welcomed people of all kinds. In fact, for nearly 200 years after it had been built in the early 1500s, prior to the International Statute of Secrecy, just about anyone could visit the pub. Witches, wizards, squibs, and muggles were all known to visit the Leaky Cauldron for their drinking needs. However, with the inauguration of the Statute of Secrecy in 1692, that all changed, and by the time Harry visited the Leaky Cauldron for the first time, it was very much a wizarding world only kind of place. Due to the new legislation in the 1690s, which was enacted worldwide, many magical establishments were made to simply disappear from muggle society. But the Leaky Cauldron had become somewhat of an institution, and the idea that it had to go was not met well by the public. It was therefore given an exception to the Statute of Secrecy by the British Minister for Magic at the time, Ulick Gamp and was allowed to maintain its operations under certain conditions. The most important of which was that it stayed hidden from any muggle who might pass by. And so, with powerful concealment charms and spells, 
the leaky cauldron became almost entirely imperceptible to muggles, which enabled the leaky cauldron to stay undisturbed in its central London location. As it were, Minister Gamp's actions in allowing the pub to remain operational was so appreciated by the landowner that it resulted in the creation of a brand of beer known as Gamp's Old Gregarious, which the Leaky Cauldron still serves to this day. While a rather touching gesture, rumor has it that the beer is quite unpalatable, which is why there is a 100 galleon reward for any patron willing to finish an entire pint of the stuff, a feat no one has ever done. In any case, to the vast majority of passerbys, the Leaky Cauldron just simply doesn't exist. Harry describes the magic of the concealment spells at work when he visits the pub alongside Hagrid for the first time, as they make their way inside the Leaky Cauldron on their way to Diagon Alley. This is it, said Hagrid, coming to a halt. The Leaky Cauldron, it's a famous place. It was a tiny, grubby looking pub. If Hagrid hadn't pointed it out, Harry wouldn't have noticed it was there. The people hurrying by didn't glance at it. Their eyes slid from the big bookshop on one side, the record shop on the other, as if they couldn't see the leaky cauldron at all. In fact, Harry had the most peculiar feeling that only he and Hagrid could see it. Sadly, not all magical establishments were as lucky as the leaky cauldron, and the remainder of shops located on Diagon Alley were much more heavily impacted by the statute of secrecy. All along the alley, stores selling items like wands, Hogwarts robes and magical creatures became invisible to the outside world in an effort to protect them from being discovered. And so, as one of the few places which were allowed to stay accessible to the muggle world within London, the Leaky Cauldron became the point of entry for witches and wizards looking to access Diagon Alley. The exact entryway to the magical street is located in the Leaky Cauldron's backyard, a plain brick wall which lines a small courtyard out the bar's back door. To access the alley beyond the wall, a person needs to know exactly which bricks to tap to turn them into an archway. Again, we learn how this works from Harry's explanation of Hagrid opening up the entryway the first time he visits Diagon Alley. Hagrid led them through the bar and out into a small, walled courtyard, where there was nothing but a dustbin and a few weeds. Hagrid, meanwhile, was counting bricks in the wall above the dustbin. Three up, two across, he muttered. Right, stand back, Harry. He tapped the wall three times with the point of his umbrella. The brick he had touched quivered. It wriggled in the middle. A small hole appeared. It grew wider and wider. A second later, they were facing an archway large enough even for Hagrid. An archway onto a cobbled street, which twisted and turned out of sight. Welcome, said Hagrid, to Diagon Alley. It's presumed that for the next couple hundred years after the establishment of the Statute of Secrecy, the Leaky Cauldron operated without much issue. However, by the late 1800s, the area of central London in which it resided was being built up by the local muggle community. It was at this time that the modern day Charing Cross Road was put into development, which had the potential to demolish not only the pub, but the access it granted the wizarding world to Diagon Alley. It's said that even the British Minister for Magic of the day, Varys Spavin, had admitted defeat and gave a rather lengthy speech, seven hours to be exact, in the Wizengamot as to why the muggle construction of Charing Cross Road would destroy the pub. Fortunately for the magical community of today, the local witches and wizards at the time came together to perform an abundance of memory charms on the muggle town planners in order to revise the plans for Charing Cross Road to accommodate the Leaky Cauldron. This resulted in the pub being left alone and is the very reason that it still stands today. And with that, we've come to the end of today's video. 
What did you think? Did I miss anything? Please share your thoughts in the comments below. And as always, if you enjoyed this video, don't forget to like it and subscribe to the channel. Until next time, remember, it does not do to dwell on dreams and forget to live.